Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Bertie Lynn Kelly. Bertie Lynn is the proud mother of one son who is attending college for industrial engineering. She's also CEO and founder of Reem LLC, a real estate technology company, Milan Property Management LLC, a real estate management firm, and Bertie Lynn LLC, a private publishing company. Bertie sits on the National IREM Foundation Board and actively volunteers with the real estate association program. She holds a BA from the University of Texas at Arlington. She enjoys entrepreneurship and strategizing new ways to make a positive difference in people's lives and attends the Alfred Street Baptist Church virtually and has been a member since 2013. Her greatest joy lies in seeing others become happy and self-sufficient, finding peace in their own stories. So you may have heard me say that trauma is the setup for transformation. Well, my next guest is a living, breathing example of just that. If you thought you had no choice but to stay stuck after having a multitude of traumatic life experiences, you're going to realize that staying stuck is a choice. Here's Birdie. Okay, everybody. So we have Bernie Lynn Kelly today, and we are going to be talking about through the storm of early trauma, because so often that's where all this stuff starts, and then it is a setup going forward. So welcome, Bernie. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> so, you know, we, we spoke a little bit right before I hit record. I always want to get an idea of what we'll be talking about. And, you know, so often these betrayals we have later in life have a root in that early time where we're just, you know, we're forming beliefs and who we are and all of that. Uh, and I know you have a story of early betrayal. Can you share some of that with us? Yeah. So, um, you know, just growing up, um, I loved everybody. I had this outgoing attitude, um, had this innocence about me. And then, um, you know, my, my older sister, um, in a sense, betrayed me by and betrayed my body by um, molesting me. And that was something that um, I went through just utter turmoil, trying to figure out as a six, seven-year-old um, how to uh, move forward. Um, and so I eventually um, gave my life to, to God and, and I prayed to God that he would make it stop. And eventually she became so weirded out that I was like praising Jesus and I had my doing my worship songs that she just stopped. And so I just, you know, whew, I was so glad to get through that. But then, you know, well, I went before through. you and even before you, you know, you move forward. What did you what did you make that to mean? Because here's your sister, um, you know, and you're thinking she's supposed to be your sister. And what like how did you handle that? What what did you do? And what did you think about it? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think what happened for me just mentally, um, it, I, I had to find, um, you know, outlets um, to kind of feel normal because what my sister was doing was making me feel not, you know, abnormal. Like I didn't feel like I belonged. Um, I felt like my, you know, not only was she betraying me, but my body was betraying me because of, um, you know, while you separate that mentally, right, you physically, your body's responding in the way that it, it was designed to respond. Yeah. And so it, it, it's, again, that was the utter turmoil because it's like, 
um, dealing with those emotions so young, not knowing what they were, not knowing why you have them. Um, so, so ultimately, it, it was me hating my body at such a young age. And it was me um, hating people and not knowing if I could trust them. Um, and so that's, I mean, that was hard. Yeah, I imagine. And did you, did you tell anybody or was this the, you just, now why didn't you, do you remember what was going through your head? Like more so, um, frozen in fear. If I could just explain that, um, you know how we, we all grow up with the monsters in the closet. (laughs) Um, so this, this became a monster in the closet for me and I was frozen in fear to address and approach those monsters. Right. I'd rather keep the door closed and not deal with it. Um, I also felt as if um, if I told my father, because he he already kind of um, beat my sister, um, you know, a lot because she wasn't his uh, biological. Um, I felt like he was going to kill her (laughs) if that was. And so it was like this conflicting, conflicting feelings between this is my sister um, and I feel bad because of the way dad's treating her. But now she's taking it out of me and treating me this way. Um, and, you know, I, it just was back and forth. So yeah. I kept quiet out of just fear for what would happen if I said anything. And it's so hard because here you are, you're young and and you're making the best decisions you can based on what you have available to you at the time. And this is where we look to those big people. We assume they all right. know better. And when it's like, okay, I can't go to this one. I can't go to this one. I can't go to this one. What the heck do I do now? It's very scary. It's, it's like where the bottom truly bottoms out on you. So what happened? Um, so, so yeah, that was kind of when um, I know my dad um, asked who wanted to go on a walk with him. And I went on a walk and that's when I saw the sunset. And, and I just figured there had to be someone who's controlling us, who's controlling, who's created this earth, like who created that gorgeous sunset I saw that day. And and that's why I just wanted to seek and explore more. Um, And that's when I, you know, maybe this Jesus can help me, you know, that was my whole attitude back then. And so, um, and he did. And so I, I owed everything because it was, again, it was turmoil going through that. Yeah. So how did you know you started feeling better? What were the, like, what were the the signs where you said, well, you know what, I, I'm feeling better today than I felt yesterday. Like, what was the difference? Um, so although I had come to Christ and I was worshiping God and I was, I always felt so safe and secure and loved when, whenever I was, had my, my me time, you know, at such a young age too, it's just like, you know, really, you know, reading his word and trying to understand it for what I could, um, in that situation. And even as just a new believer, I was my own expert because <laughs> again, yeah. I still couldn't go to the adults, but I think what ultimately ended up happening is I, I, although I felt good when I was studying and that she, she stopped and that was like a huge relief, the transition went into an even deeper, um, dark place because now I have this big secret that's weighing heavy and I still hate my body (laughs) and I'm dealing with also the aftermath of that. Um, when a child is messed with, and especially for me, um, you've conditioned my body to respond. And so now I'm dealing with 
what you say withdrawals Mm -hmm. and not, you know, my body wanting to feel good. Um, but me not wanting my body to feel good. And so it was, it was a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. It was a struggle. So then, so what'd you do with that? Like, how did you, how did you make sense of that? Because how old were you at this point? Um, I was seven, seven and seven going on eight. Okay. So it's seven and eight. I mean, think about it. You should only be just playing on the playground and having fun with friends and, you know, dealing with some teasing, uh, you know, and, but here you were having to really take on all of this, this adult stuff. And then, so, so it sounded like just immersing yourself in, in religion really helped you. What started to change? I mean, what, you know, what, so here you are, you're eight years old, you're, you're grappling with that and you started to feel a little bit better. What happened next? Well, um, I not only immerse myself in just, and, and I want to say re, um, religion per se, because I'm so against that. It's just a personal relationship that I have that I call my own, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't follow any necessary religions. Um, however, what- and, 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 you know, I'm glad you said it because I, I just assumed when you said, you know, when you said that, but we are a very spiritual group here. Like I'm- you yeah. know, totally spiritual, not religious yeah. at all. So I, I hear you. Yeah. Okay. Because you have different, you know, we could go and that's a whole different, but I just, I'm like Jesus. And I acknowledge that he died on the cross and I just said, you know what I'm saying? Like I have my own relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that I was also doing was gaming. So, I mean, I'm trying to save the queen, Mar- Mario or Luigi, whichever, whichever one. <laughs> I was a gamer. So that was something that helped me compartmentalize and help me feel normal um, so that I could go to school. But then at school, because we were very poor, um, you know, like if I got a hole in my pants because I was playing too hard on the playground, well, here comes a patch and then we're sewing it on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was I got rocks thrown at, at the playground. I was being teased and bullied. Um, but I tried to overcome that by saying, um, how can I do something where I don't care about all the kids? I just want to do something that, you know, I like that. I, I don't have to deal with, you know, deal with them. Um, and so I joined the dance team and I, I, I tried, I made the tryouts. I had tried out the year before my fourth grade year and my fifth grade year, I made it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, I mean, it was just focusing on, um, things that didn't involve, what I was going through. So looking outside of that is how I pushed myself through um, and still do to today. And it's it's really common that any kind of trauma leads to addiction. And it could have been that the gaming, I mean, do you think you were sort of addicted to it at that point? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I think I saved the queen a couple of times and went to Zelda. I figured out a Star Trek game. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But dance seemed like a way, a, a healthy way out for you. Did it feel like that? Um, kind of, sort of, just because um, I didn't realize that all the popular girls <laughs> were mean would be trying out for that okay right but at the same time um I you know I was very much so into sports so I was always racing the kids outside um I was whatever I could do um Mm -hmm. I was trying to focus on in the house I'm gaming outside and playing and I'm playing hard like Mm -hmm. we're racing we're doing all the sports stuff yeah so yeah those are that's what I had to focus on yeah. And then what, did you notice any other improvements or changes as you got involved in that? Yeah. So, so as far as, um, 
you know, and this whole time I'm still with John. So I'm very much to myself um, and not at outgoing like I was before everything started to happen. So I had just, I'm just withdrawn into myself. So the only change I would say during that time that I noticed was the fact that I could have tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. I could block people out. Um, I didn't let them get to me. Um, but I just kind of protected myself in my own little bubble. Mm-hmm. And so how, so how did you, what happened when it was time, let's say for relationships or even friendships? Because I'm sure trust was shattered and that felt very scary and unsafe. So I had one friendship, uh-huh. <laughs> one friendship. Um, uh, there, It was a, a girl and she had a disability. She had um, a hearing aid because she didn't, she uh, was born with one ear. Mm-hmm. And I remember I'm like, I befriended her. We got along and I mean, we, her birthday was July 4th, mine was July 3rd. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, my, my dad, oh my God, he agreed. <laughs> he agreed to, uh, for us to share our birthday parties. Mm-hmm. We get to the party and I'm trying to enjoy myself. Um, but I just know something's going to go down as soon as I saw the beer. And I heard her, her father offer, um, a beer to my father. All he had to do, like, for me, like, I guess in any normal situation is, oh, no, thanks. I don't drink. Mm -hmm. Right. But he did. He said, no, thank you. And then he goes into condemning the poor man about drinking and what it leads to and how it's unholy and and right. You know, and I'm just like, and not even, and the guy was like, look, man, I just offered you the beer. You you said no, and we're good. (laughs) Yeah. But it didn't stop there. And, And before I know it, my dad's calling us to go to the car and now we have to leave. So after that, um, so all this of the is kids because heard of that. so just this is just because the other da- your friend's dad offered your dad a beer, a beer. Okay. And um, then all the kids heard about it, and then they got teased relentlessly, and there were no more friendships. So I don't think my dad truly understood the um, consequences of his actions. Like he felt that he was, you know, just okay in what he would do. But he didn't realize the aftermath. Of did he? What did he, he think? Yeah. Did he think he was helping the other dad, or like, what was the intention? What What was the idea behind it? I have no idea. Did you ever confront I, your dad? Did you ever ask your dad? He, um, he doesn't speak on anything that he does. So, okay. So and, and yeah, he. I. I just. Which you know, part of the reason why I written this book is because I've just never received any kind of closure or validation or anything from him. It's more so, um, uh, and I think this is where parents sometimes just don't understand. (laughs) You have to listen um, and you have to really understand where your child is coming from Mm -hmm. um, and validate their their feelings yeah um and then explain you have to be transparent and open yourself and I don't think that that ever has ever occurred between me and him which is why I felt um you know it's the anger and the resentment all these emotions have just been pinned up inside for so long until I could finally release it because writing this book was very cathartic well, so, so then I guess, was it that you just never felt comfortable asking your dad 
something or or just even having a conversation about something like that because you know it's just it, it, it's sort of like there's there's so much it sounds like there was so much you wanted to say but you didn't feel comfortable saying so you just didn't because you were afraid of what he would say or do or yeah so back then we didn't have a voice we didn't have a voice I didn't have my voice for a very long time I'd say probably mm-hmm. I found it around 18 mm-hmm. but I did not have a voice and I fought so hard to get it um but when you know my dad said the sun is shining the sun is shining word is yeah. you know that's the word and word is bond right Got it. <laughs> this okay. is how that's how that household was and I'll just go a step further so that you and and everyone else can understand growing up in that household was um that God does, does not he, that he does not believe that God is allows women um because I had to wear a hat we cannot speak unless we wear hats when we're yes is, is that what what kind of is that just his own rule or is that a certain religious rule apparently there's something in the bible but i've never seen it um you know just from from me but for my thing is if you have something where women aren't allowed to speak mm-hmm. and they need to be submissive to the man um we we already are going to have problems so you can kind of understand <laughs> yeah how that household was right so then okay so here you are you're 18 and were you like this just isn't making sense to me and this isn't working for me and then what'd you do well um well just kind of fast or back up just a little bit by 18 I had been raped three times and and I you know was going through that so and did you tell anybody when that happened no no yes that was you know but what happened is I ran away from home because that's what I did I, did, I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. Um, I was starting to find my voice and we were starting to clash more as I was finding my voice because it was no longer because I said so. It was, I have an opinion about your say so, right? Yeah, yeah. And even if I were to have, you know, like say it in a respectful way or what have you, um, I still would get smacked across the face as if I cursed them out. And so I'm just like, I, I couldn't do it. And um, my sister, my older sister had come back to live with us and um, he kicked her out again. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't. So I got on a Greyhound and I ran away back to Texas. Mm -hmm. And that's when I went through the experience of um, being raped um, three times. And in that situation, I got safety to my aunt's house who then called my father to tell them where I was because I hadn't had contact with him since I had run away. Yeah. And then I ended up going back to, to Oregon after that. So, so you ran away. Where were you living? Like right when you ran away, you went to your. With a, with a neighbor, a neighbor that we had grown up with for about 14 years. (laughs) So I say not 14 years, like 10 years, maybe maybe I'm putting my age. I wasn't a baby. So. Yeah. Okay. So So you ran away to the, to the neighbor's house and it just was not safe to be there it sounds like no I mean I it it grew to to not be safe um and my my thing is I trusted them that was a betrayal for me because these this these two boys her sons we had grown up with um we were like brothers and sisters yeah like there was never like I like you you like me there was none of that right and so I you know, I just, 
it came out of nowhere. And in order to rape me the first time, he had to violently take me down. So I got knocked out. I had never been hit so hard in my life. Um, so that when I came to, he was, you know, on top of me raping me. And I was, I went to scream again to start fighting again. And he came back with his fist and something yeah. just told me, shut down, like, just get, get this over with. And even though I had not had, you know, that sex before to where I realized what was going on. So that was my first time having sex. And then that was him, um, you know, just the first time someone ever hitting me in the face with their fist and knocking me that, that cold out. Um, and then I'd say about um, a week later, while I'm trying to find somewhere to go, I every time I went back in the house, I, I was in the house while she was there, his, his mom. Mm -hmm. And cause I was like, I know he won't try anything. And he came in the middle, dead middle of the night. Wow. And he came back with another neighborhood boy and, and his little brother, his little brother said no, but his little brother didn't go and tell and left me in the room with those two. And they had, I did not come, I can't confirm that it was a gun, but that I heard it sat down on the nightstand by me in the dark and it was heavy metal and it just you know don't you make a, a word and a noise and how scary yeah wow okay so then you 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 found a way to leave that situation and then you went back to your dad I went to my aunt you went yeah, to your aunt okay, so you went to your, your aunt after that and then at what point did you feel safe I, I think I felt safe around my aunt because there wasn't anybody to harm me, yeah. but, um, I felt I was angry. Mm -hmm. I, I was livid. Yeah. So I went through, I, that's, I went through that. <laughs> yeah. How did you get all that anger out? What'd you do? Um, like I remember, I just remember a feeling of so much anger, a feeling of just wanting to tear someone to shreds, mm -hmm. almost like just wanting to kill somebody, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and this, these are very real emotions. I'm just being transparent about. Um, I don't think I could ever kill anybody, but <laughs> it's just, I, I had the rage is what mm -hmm. I want to call it. Yep. It was a rage inside of me. And so I remember that there was this boy who, um, he was kind of like a nerd, but he... Um, he showed interest. And so I was just like, um, I wanted to hurt him. I couldn't hurt yeah. him. Like I had been hurt, but I was just like, I'm going to make him think that I like him and then I'm going to leave him. Yeah. And so, you know, it was just things like that, um, that I went through, but it, there's, there was definitely a rage. Right. And, and I guess that's it. It's like, you, you how do you know how to have a, a normal, healthy relationship? When, exactly. you know, here you are just having these kinds of experiences. So what did you do to heal? Take us from those experiences to the place of healing. What, what happened? I didn't heal um, from any of that. Um, I was actually haunted by, uh, until later in life, um, I was haunted by night, nightmares. Um, uh, whew, um, just little things would trigger um, I remember I, I walked into a church, um, actually it was the Potter's house, um, in Dallas and I saw his mother, um, my rapist's mother walk. And I, when I saw her, I, I, I didn't realize 
that I would react, but I froze. Yeah. And it's just like people were, you know, how big that church is. So people are just going and I just froze and I just looked at her until she disappeared through that door, frozen in fear, wanting to say, do you know what your son did? I just wanted to scream at her. I wanted to shake her. I wanted, you know. Yeah. Did anything ever happen to the son? Or did you ever confront him or her? I'm sorry. Sometimes no. This sometimes this is hard. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard. Yeah. It's a, it's so much. It's so much to deal with, of course. And and you know, but and what I found so consistently is it's the ones who go through the greatest childhood traumas have the most incredible opportunity for transformation and sharing their powerful yeah. stories and their powerful gifts. And that's I mean, that's the reason, you know, that's that's when we when we use that to do something really good with something bad, then yeah. it's like, okay, it's not that it makes it good, but it makes it at least make some kind of sense. You're, you're putting that pain, giving yeah. that pain a purpose. And it sounds like that's exactly what you did. Um, yeah. And and it also sounds like your book was, you said your book was very cathartic. Is the intention of the book just to help other people prevent something, navigate through something? What's the intention? Yeah, that's why I released it. I released it. Um, I was, I was very afraid to release it because I was afraid that, um, that my rapist would find out and try to harm me. I was afraid that, um, just, there were a lot of fears with releasing the book, um, and anxiety. It felt good after I wrote everything, but then when it came time to release it, I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, scary, scary <laughs> moment. <laughs> yeah. So I had to get, you know, I just talked to my counselor and, um, you know, the scribe media uh, who was helping me launch it, um, just some great people on that end. Yeah. Um, and they just, you know, they were right there with me Yeah. and everything just worked out. What do you want to make sure everyone knows as we wrap up? Um, I want, um, I want every woman, every little girl, um, you know, but, but this message can go beyond that because everyone deals with trauma. Right. But I want them to know that they are not alone in their trauma. Mm -hmm. Everyone faces trauma and will go through adversity at some point in their life. We, none of us will escape. But what they have to know is that they are not alone. And I posted something on my Instagram this morning. Um, I took a, a picture. It was very cloudy. You can tell there was a storm below us when we were on the plane. And I posted that picture and I said, this is what... Um, this is what it looks like over your storm. So the storm may be covering your head and you may not see, you know, just because it's so dark, yeah. you may not see that the sun is still shining and that there's a breakthrough that's coming. So you have to power through and you have to level up, you know? And so when that sun comes out, you're, you're, you've leveled up because you've survived this. You're much stronger. You're much wiser. And I think that's what I want everyone to know. I want them to find hope. And I want to know, them to know that they are loved. Yeah. Um, not, yeah. No one was, no one, no one should walk around this earth thinking that no one cares. Yeah, that's a beautiful message and you're living proof. Where do we go to learn more about you and the great work you do? BertieLynn.com. Um, and uh, they can also follow my um, Instagram at Kelly. 
Terrific. Okay. And and I'll have all the information in the show notes. Bertie, I want to thank you so much for your brave and bold uh, sharing of your story. It's it's never easy to to share it, but know that every time you do, you're helping someone who's saying, I didn't know anybody else was going through that. And I'm sure I have so many viewers and listeners who are resonating on some level with the fear, the anxiety, the questioning, the, the all of it. But to see you and that you've done something good with something bad gives them hope that they could do the same. So thank you so much for your insights and your wisdom. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Wow. It's so easy to see how early childhood experiences can shape us, leaving us to feel that the world is unsafe and somehow there must be something wrong with us until we finally learn that we weren't the problem at all. And for our health and happiness, it's crucial to do all we can to find a way out of our pain. Stay in touch with Birdie by going to birdielin.com and we'll have all of her information in the show notes at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. I was my own expert. That's such a powerful realization for a child and something Bertie realized at a young age. If she was going to get out of the pain and trauma she found herself in, it was because she was going to be the one to figure it out. Of course, the right type of support is crucial, but transformation is always a very personal journey. It can also leave lots of cleanup in its wake, so be sure to take the post-betrayal qu- uh, syndrome quiz, which you can find at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz so you can see what may need cleaning up. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.